Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. That is me, and this is my podcast where I talk with multi-creative, wonderful, weirdo people, uh, filmmakers, artists, writers, comedians, musicians. We talk about creative process, what their latest projects are. I am a podcast producer myself. I produce this podcast and I'm actually seeking to do other podcast productions. I'm just, I'm falling in love with producing podcasts. So I wanted to throw that out there here at the beginning, just in case you are looking for a podcast producer or creative consultant. I also love hosting this show. I love interviewing people who are creative. And uh, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that out here at the top. If you're a new listener or you've been listening for a while and you're wondering where I'm at right here in uh, the fall of 2020, I am seeking other creative podcast projects. So if you are looking for somebody to help you figure out what you're doing with your new podcast, or you just like to hire me on to produce or host something around this creative realm, let me know at HeidiBennett.com. That's H-E-I-D-I-B-E-N-N-E-T-T.com. Of course, there'll be a link in my show notes. You can also find me at VibrantVisionaries.com. And I actually just launched a new um, landing page and I think it looks really great. I worked very hard on it and I did some cool, fun photo collages of some of the guests and some of the places I've been to, like going to Fantastic Fest and She Podcasts Live and the Movies by Minutes events, XOXO Fest. It was really fun, a creative exploration to just put this thing together after doing the podcast since 2018 and, and, and seeing all the adventures I've gone on and all the people I've met in person or over the internet. So check out VibrantVisionaries.com. Uh, today's episode is part of the departure of the regular programming. So rather than me hanging out with one person talking about their projects, we are talking about parks and recreation. So this episode, I talk with Bridget Gelms. She's a friend of mine. She is also a podcaster. Her podcast is called Radaptations, and it is hilarious and wonderful. And we'll talk about it a bit in the body of this episode. So today we are talking about season two, episode four, called Practice Date. Enjoy! the Vibrant Visionaries rewatch of Parks and Recreation. This is Heidi Bennett, and I'm really excited about getting into season two, episode four. It's called Practice Date, and I've brought somebody that I've had a, a date or two with, so to speak. We've gone on a, f- a few meals together. <laughs> In fact, our relationship's just been warming up before the, this whole thing went yes. down overall sheltered at home so please yeah i always say please welcome like everybody's <laughs> going to be clapping this aren't is they clapping friend. for me already <laughs> my friend bridget gelms welcome Hi. bridget thank you i'm so excited that you asked me to join you for this because you know i love parks and Rec so much but it's been a really long time since i visited some of these earlier seasons so mm. this has been really fun Awesome. Yeah. So uh, Bridget and I met through uh, the Lady Pod Squad. We both are lady podcasters and we've met up for brunch. We met up with a bunch of other pod squatters and then had dinner together. And then right around my birthday, which was in February, we got to meet up um, in San Francisco at one of my favorite places, Cathead. It's a barbecue joint. And um, yeah, and then since then, we've just been, you know, podcasting from afar. And so this is <laughs> what you let everybody know what what uh, your podcast is about. It's one of my absolute favorites. And I'm, I'm glad you and your sister are still plugging away at it here oh, during the you're pandemic. So kind. Yeah. Well, first, before I get to that bit, I have to tell you, I went and got 
pickup from Cathead recently, which, you know, you introduced me to this barbecue spot and it's like my fave now. So I really owe awesome. a debt of gratitude to you because it's like the best. That has nothing to do with podcasting, but so my show is called Radaptations, um, which I do with my sister Ginny. And it really just started out as a mechanism for us to keep in touch with one another. We're best friends. She lives in Minneapolis. I live in California. And so um, it was a way for us to just kind of like continue making sure that we were, you know, hanging out virtually together. And so we read books and then we watch their movie adaptations and we have a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. You sure do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So the premise is simple. It's really simple and straightforward. And you have a great structure for talking about, you know, the book and then the film and, you know, what your thoughts were. And then the key component is that the both of you are incredibly intelligent and astute and well, well read and uh, have great takes on things. But you're also both incredibly hilarious and have really good chemistry between the two of you. So yeah, Radaptations, of course, I'll be sharing a link to that. But check it out, you guys, if you want a good couple of companions to hang out with and, and listen in and just have a good time. I think it's such a a hilarious podcast. And oh, it was one of those you. podcasts where <laughs> as soon as I told my husband about it, and I think I told you about this, like, I started listening to it because I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to meet this person tomorrow at brunch. So I'll listen to a couple episodes. And I have this speaker that I put under my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little speaker pillow. And I was sitting, I was laying in bed and just like, <laughs> just giggling away and my husband was like what the fuck is going on I'm like you gotta listen to this podcast oh my god oh, these women are hilarious and he became a, an instant fan as well so <laughs> thank well you and for Heidi when we that. met we really bonded over our shared love of <laughs> Dracula Gary Oldman <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely holds a special place in my heart of being both, you know, really gross and creepy and kind of <laughs> and sexy, you know, a real fashionista. <laughs> oh, yes, as it should be. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought this episode would be really interesting for us to dive into. So let's get into Ep 4 of Season 2 of Parks and Rec. It's called practice date and they really cram a lot of different themes and storylines in this yes. episode yes i was kind of amazed so we start off with the gang is is at the office the parks and rec <laughs> office and there we get to meet for the first time councilman dexhart <laughs> doing this apology that's about having sex in a cave with he was making love with a beautiful woman and her boyfriend and a third person whose name he never learned. <laughs> and it's this perfect, you know, apology of a politician because he's really saying like, I apologize basically because I got caught, you know, but besides right. that, I loved it. It was great. It, it, it was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that I think this show does so well, I mean, like across the entire life of the show is, you know, satirizing politics and satirizing the government entities and all this stuff that we come in contact with as viewers. And so this was so hilarious just to see from one of these earlier seasons of just this like really over the top you know, satirical look at the, the political apology, not because it was, you know, the wrong thing to do, but because he got caught. Totally. Yeah. And I noticed too, that the station that he's on, it's W-Y-M-P. So it's WIMP. <laughs> didn't WIMP notice that. News. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so funny. Uh, yeah. And to my wife, I apologize. All I can say is I wasn't just having sex. I was making love. To a beautiful woman and her boyfriend and a third person whose name I never learned. Furthermore, it was wrong of me to say I was building houses for the underprivileged when I was actually having four-way sex in a cave in Brazil. I bet cave sex in is insane. Why? Like because of the echoes and the humidity. Mm -hmm. In my defense, 
it was my birthday, and I really wanted to do it. And we get um, heard happily for a minute here. This is, I was going to ask you, is this the first appearance of Purd? Yeah, I think so. I mean, full disclosure, everybody, I'm kind of doing these episode recordings out of order, but oh. I'm pretty sure this is, <laughs> yeah, just to make it extra confusing <laughs> for me. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you about that because, I mean, again, it's been a long time since I've seen some of these earlier seasons. I tend to skip to the, you know, the Rob Lowe and Adam Scott era of Parks yeah. and Rec when I do rewatches and stuff. But yeah, we're getting kind of a lot of firsts in this episode. I mean, I guess the Purd Happily, if this is indeed his first appearance. And then, I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but we get the origin of Duke Silver. Yeah. <laughs> which I was like so pleased to see. <laughs> yeah, definitely a highlight of this. Yeah, and this is an early purd, so he hasn't got his signature shtick. <laughs> yeah, yet. he wasn't super like goofy yet, you know? <laughs> so yeah, we'll revisit the scandal a little bit later, but was there anything else about this particular part you wanted to comment on? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. I think it, well, I think it does a really good job of kind of framing just the general sort of theme of the A plot of this episode, which is, you know, I mean, that's typically the structure that sitcoms take or whatever. But yeah, like we we know right from the beginning that we're we're getting into some issues of dating and sexual relationships and yeah, so I just thought that this was just like a really fun and funny way to sort of frame what's to come just in terms of what Leslie and Anne get up to in this episode. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a whole nother extra layer of this because We've got Aziz Ansari, who his character, I think, is, is just, I've mentioned this before, but he's kind of a perfect dude bro, mm -hmm. but kind of a, what was that old thing people used to say? I don't think they say this anymore with like a guy that's a straight guy, but dresses, you know, real. Oh, like a metrosexual. Yeah, he's kind yeah. of a dude bro metrosexual. And he wants to like, he wants to get a high five for saying that, you know, like, because Brandanowitz mentions like you're married and you still come on to women all the time. And he's like, yeah, but I never take it to the next level. Or, you know, <laughs> however he says uh -huh. it. And then he wants like a high five for that. And as we're after this cold open, we get into the gang deciding to deciding to do a contest about finding dirt on each other, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And <laughs> and then we're gonna see that Louis C.K. is a character in this episode. So oh. we've got like this whole <laughs> other second thing going on on this rewatch where oh, Louis yes. C.K. and Aziz, who's not in full Louis C.K. Me Too movement, but you know he's a little part of it. I mean, yeah. He, mm -hmm. He got into it where um, I'm going to be paraphrasing the experience because I don't remember exactly, but I remember that there was somebody that basically said that she went out on a date with him and he and went to his home and at a certain point said, you know, let's I'm ready to get a cab and get out of here. And he was um, not listening to that right away. Mm -hmm. and very was, coercive. Yeah. Yeah. Very coercive. And that is not to be totally downplayed, but what I think bummed me out about that, it, it's not a surprise because I think that happens to a lot of us as, as women that has, you know, I don't really know anybody who hasn't had a guy mm -hmm. trying to go further, mm -hmm. but then he, Put out a special a year or two ago and kind of talks about it at the top of the special but doesn't really talk about it mm -hmm. <laughs> you know he mentions it but he doesn't give like a, a good like i've reflected i've i'm apologizing it's not it's not a great it's just not great it's like mm -hmm. i'm acknowledging it you know and mm -hmm. that's about it which is is kind of similar to this dex heart situation yeah where it's like, i'm acknowledging this but that's that's it yeah i mean in the cold hard light of 2020 <laughs> just you know the yeah the aziz stuff the uh, obviously louis ck which i my hackles bristled a lot more at his presence than at aziz's but not only louis ck but louis ck playing a cop which is like also <laughs> very sort of you know the we got a lot going on right now <laughs> with 
with police brutality and stuff like that. So it was sort of strange, right? To like go back and and see this and be like, oh, wow, things have come to light. Things are cultural changes happening. That's sort of, you know, influencing my how I'm how I'm reading this show now. Yeah, totally. And it and it just it goes to show with all of us and and all of our experiences with pop culture and with, you know, coworkers and with, you know, that it's just that hindsight is 2020 for a lot of people, but for right for us we're just like, oh, this isn't this a funny show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At a certain yeah. Point. And I definitely was a Louis C.K. fan in the past and 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 it was just so aggravating to just uh, yeah. go oh this fucker yeah. <laughs> he's off the list of yeah. you know <laughs> people i can enjoy anymore and such a disappointment um but i do feel like i can have like i can still watch this and not just be like oh you know oh, like, for sure <laughs> for sure yeah there's definitely and, and there's something about like the charm specifically of parks and rec that makes it a little bit easier to kind of like turn off that part of your brain because mm-hmm. i don't know let's be honest if we were unable to turn off that part of our brain as women we wouldn't be able to enjoy anything <laughs> because like right. that shit is everywhere so yeah like i'm grateful that parks and rec has that that charm factor that makes it a lot easier because you know we do have these other great people on the show like Leslie Poehler and you know all, everybody really I that, like how you combine Leslie Nope and Amy Poehler into oh one God. singular woman <laughs> it felt weird when it came out I was like wait is that right oh goodness okay well uh Amy Poehler <laughs> as Leslie Nope yeah it's just so charming Absolutely. Yeah, I think charming is is a word that will probably be repeated, 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 repeated quite a bit. And speaking of charming, um, so yeah, this B-plot part is, I guess, when the gang decides to um, try to find dirt on each other. And (laughs) Jerry does not want to do it, but they just rope him in like... He's always roped into everything. He has no option. (laughs) (laughs) And he keeps trying to opt out and they're like not allowing it. And then Ron Swanson is excited to be part of it too. He comes in with his signature holding a ball of some sort. This time it's a football. (laughs) And I love Nick Offerman so much. And I think this is like a real you know sporty sexy daddy look he's got oh yes tucked in yes (laughs) the short sleeved like little polo shirt yeah and his little dimples popping out too i just oh i love him and of course i mean i keep (laughs) i keep i keep foreshadowing to the duke silver (laughs) reveal that we get later but like oh my goodness i'm fanning myself ron (laughs) totally And then the other thing that's going on is that Leslie, as we mentioned, she's going to go on her first date with, I don't even know. What's his uh, name? Yeah. His, yeah, is it Dave? Dave, that sounds right. Something She's going to say his name a bunch later on. So we'll it's get it, it's a yeah. basic white guy name, whatever basic it is. Basic white guy name, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so they have this, uh, she and Dave... <laughs> AKA Louis CK have this awkward little conversation talking about how the the night, the next night, um, tomorrow night, they're going to have their first date. And uh, she's, she's pretty nervous about it. So. Yeah. This was interesting to see because I, I don't know. I feel like one of the great things about Leslie as a character is like, she has this character trait of being an incredibly confident person, but at the same time, she can be so awkward and unsure of herself but in a way where like she's still kind of exuding confidence like she has this awareness (laughs) that she's being awkward and so like it's fine you know yeah totally leslie asks Anne at lunch in the courtyard where they're eating their gross looking generic (laughs) salads Mm -hmm. amongst the pigeons kind of ask her for for advice and help and can you help me you know maybe borrow a dress and and coerces her into taking her home right away to look at something to <laughs> to, to wear, <laughs> which is typical Leslie we're getting to know here is that she's very persuasive. And yes. And she's a planner. 
And it was a planner. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so back to the B plot of the, the gang trying to find dirt. Among other things that are discovered, Haverford makes the pronouncement that Ron Swanson, we all know at this point, has an ex-wife named Tammy, mm-hmm. but he has unearthed the fact that Ron has two ex-wives named Tammy. <laughs> Another sort of origin. This is where we learn that. Yeah. And of course, that becomes sort of central to Ron's <laughs> dilemmas as the show goes on. Well, did everybody know that Ron's ex-wife, Tammy, is actually his second ex-wife named Tammy? That's right. Ron has two ex-wives, each named Tammy. Damn, this just heated up quick. And then, yeah, privately to camera in his office. So to the, the documentary film or whatever you call this. Yeah. The, the fake documentary people. He says, yes, my mom's name is Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> But the thing I was going to ask you about was he says, Tom, that was a Jaeger secret. Huh. And I was wondering, so my thought on that was that Jaeger secret meant that it was something that was found out while drinking Jaegermeister. That's how I would would interpret that too. But yeah, that is strange. Yeah. Is that a callback? Do you think that there's like an earlier episode where they drink Jaeger? Perhaps. I can't even imagine Ron Swanson as a character drinking Jaeger. Right. (laughs) I can see him being it tastes like ass and licorice or something. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I would interpret that as just like Jaeger shots. Cool. I'm with you, Heidi. Awesome. Solidarity. (laughs) Jaeger solidarity. Did you have any um, Jaeger secrets or Uh, Jaeger? But do you remember it being a part of? Yes, I do. (laughs) I do. I mean, for a while, like in like 2007, 2008, it was so trendy to be drinking like Jaeger bombs and just doing Jaeger shots. And I definitely have some very poor and bad and wrong <laughs> memories of <laughs> overindulging in that way. Like, what were we thinking? That it's It does not taste good is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it's very li- li- licorice-y yeah. and um, foodies would say licorice forward, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of syrupy. And I also, that reminds me of Goldschlager too. Oh, oh that's a throwback <laughs> for sure. Oh, oh yeah. You man. know, my, um, my husband's mom is German and I say that as if this, what I'm about to say has anything to do with her nationality. The point is, I don't know if this has to do with with her being German or not, but she drinks Jaeger as like, like medicinally, like when mm. she feels the cold coming on, she just like sips a little, a little Jaeger. And so she always has some in her freezer. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does have a rather medicinal flavor Quality. to it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and the, okay, so then we get back to Anne's house, her her cute, quirky sort of you know, she has a kind of like a little gnome home of a place. Yes, it's just very cozy home. and lots of like soft things and little there's like a jar with corks in it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like a cute, cozy little place. Lots of little knickknacks and definitely I feel like yeah the the design of Anne's home is meant to sort of reflect <laughs> the feeling you get about Anne as a person like she's very cozy and warm and put together and cute. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then <laughs> Amy Poehler aka so now all of a sudden all the names started coming flooding into my head everything <laughs> everything but Leslie. I was like <laughs> Amy Poehler, a.k.a. Uh, Chris Traeger, a.k.a. <laughs> Donna Mule, a.k.a. She has uh, sort of the quintessential, I'd say, a little black dress on, very cute. Just trying that out. And the thing that I was thinking about with the whole, kind of the whole rest of her character and how awkward she is and how, is that it's so, like, this is, 
this is the opposite of who Amy Poehler is as a person, because Amy Poehler is one of the founding members of Upright Citizens Brigade, and she she flourishes as um, a, as an expert in improv. Mm-hmm. And so all of this role playing and stuff that she's doing, which is just terrible and horrible, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and awkward and trying to get prepared for her date by doing this practice date with Anne is like the opposite of what she, you know, actually is in real life, mm-hmm. which would be somebody who'd be, you know, yes, anding everything and be mm-hmm. able to, you know, probably have great dates because she'd be a really good listener. And yeah, you know, so this is a this is a good exercise in being the opposite of who you are by, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and of course it's like extra ironic because Leslie as we come to know her over the course of time is like ultra perceptive. She really cares about other people. She is a people pleaser and so it's really kind of funny to see her get so rattled and be sort of out of her element when faced with the prospect of having to sustain a conversation <laughs> with somebody she's nervous around. Yeah, it's kind of a holdover from season one. They're still figuring out this character with her. She's totally, yeah. She does, like you said earlier, she does still have a certain intelligence and confidence within her that just sort of radiates out. But then she's also showing all this vulnerability and and awkwardness, which is going to be less a part of her in the future, which I feel like is a nice development in Mm -hmm. the reality of how we are as people as Mm -hmm. well in real life that we, Mm -hmm. I can look back at other times in my life and where I was just like, yeah, Yeah, the Jaeger eras. (laughs) The Jaeger eras. (laughs) No, I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, I think that that's kind of a common thing, especially within sitcoms that, you know, it takes a few seasons to, for them to really find their footing and kind of figure out what audiences are gravitating the most towards. In the case of Leslie, I'm happy that they leaned hard into like, let's just make her like super confident and super great at what she does because that that's we don't get to see that a lot with female characters. But yeah, so in these in these earlier seasons, it's kind of like we have the outlines of who these characters become known for, but they're still just a slightly fuzzy like across the board even with tertiary characters like you know donna or april you know so it's i don't know it's just so fascinating to go back and watch the earlier seasons because it's like just slightly askew from what you might typically think of when you think back on parks and rec totally yeah well said so now they're on their fake date the practice date and of course all she's ever wanted is to have been on a date with ann (laughs) Yeah, totally. She brings some. What do you call those cards? I was gonna say cue cards, but that's like um, like note cards. Note cards, right? Flashcards, I guess you call like her own little flashcards. One says whales, (laughs) parades, (laughs) and I think electricity. (laughs) What's on the note cards? They're possible topics of conversation: whales, parades, electricity. And the rest are blank. Yeah, well, I couldn't think of anything else. Leslie's in worse shape than I thought. <laughs> she practiced laughing? <laughs> oh, Dame. You. I mean, honestly, who? Those are three actually, like, really interesting topics that I also would like to discuss. Whales, parades, <laughs> and electricity. Oh, my gosh. My favorite thing about parades is always the drum line, the drum core. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But just the, the syncopated drum sounds in real life. Like, just, just I don't know, like, anybody that's ever seen me at a parade, <laughs> that's where I just That's where you thrive. Shit. Yeah, I just, like... <laughs> mesmerized by it it's like an emotional it's a i have an emotional response a positive wow. emotional response to that. i was not expecting to learn this like parade fact about you today <laughs> <laughs> okay what about whales do you have any like fun things about whales <laughs> <laughs> well i will say that i've just emailed myself the other day a link to a Monterey Bay uh, whale watching Ooh. charter because Ooh. 
I've been doing a lot of bird watching around yeah. town. Uh-huh. It's been it's been my my quarantine like anchoring point uh-huh. is just to to walk pokey and and then go out on walks myself and check out the birds and if anybody's following me on Instagram um at Heidi M Bennett you can see a lot of my bird watching adventures oh cool but i was looking at another person who takes great photos of birds and he had a bunch of great photos of whales and i uh, noticed that that's that there was a particular whale watching uh trip that he went on so i was like oh that'd be really fun i'd love to go do that i haven't done that since i was a little kid and Mm -hmm. i don't recall if we saw whales i think we saw you know some dolphins Mm -hmm. and maybe some seals or something but Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i have to say about whales (laughs) (laughs) how about you about whales um whales electricity uh yeah, whales. I I have been whale watching twice in my life. The first time was in Southern California. I was very little and my mom was so worried about my sister and I getting seasick because we hadn't really been on boats before that she basically drugged us into oblivion with, with Dramamine and we slept mm. through the whole oh, excursion. No. And so, and apparently my mom tells us that there were indeed whales and that we missed. The second time I was living in Australia and taking a marine biology class and we went out and we were putting microphones in, in the water to see if we could hear whales. And one was just there and we got to see it and it surfaced like very close to us. It was super exciting. So take it from Heidi and I that like whales is actually a really good conversation starter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Please share any of your whale stories with us. (laughs) Coach at (laughs) HeidiBennett.com. Whales. Oh, whales. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this this section, too, is that um, Anne is talking to camera and that Leslie's just back there laughing yeah. <laughs> by herself at the table. And there's people turning around looking at her like, what the fuck? And she's like, oh, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> nodding her head, practice laughing. <laughs> So one other thing I wanted to note note here is that when we pop back into her conversation with Anne is that she says the Danish call it ape agnede apparat or something like that, Uh (laughs) which literally translated means the up and down machine. Wow, that's a thorough history of the teeter-totter. Yes, yes. The Danish call it up ugnet apparat, which literally translated means the up and down machine. Wow, that's a thorough history of the teeter-totter. Now I'm going to talk about the local flora and fauna found in Pawnee. Okay. What's you know amazing? What? Just ask me a question. Just try to get to know me. Okay. I can't think of anything to ask you. I'm sorry, my mind is blank. Just ask me the first thing that comes to your head. How big is it? So I did look up Danish translation of teeter-totter, and it's definitely like she made it up. It has nothing to do with the Danish (laughs) translation. But I was looking that up also because a friend of mine, actually my sister-in-law, Chris, mentioned we were emailing each other just like, oh, I'm watching this. Oh, I'm watching this. And I was saying, I'm re-watching Parks and Rec. And she said, Oh, I never really got into Parks and Rec, but did you ever see Greg Poehler's show? Greg is Amy's brother. Oh. And at a certain point in his life, he moved to Sweden and had a show that Amy produced and was on at least a few episodes. I haven't seen it yet. And it was called Welcome to Sweden. And it's based on his real life of moving with his Swedish girlfriend to Sweden. So wow, <laughs> this is new to me. Yeah, so that's something to check out one of these days. I just find it fascinating that your sister-in-law has never watched Parks and Rec but somehow made her way to the Great <laughs> Polar Swedish show. <laughs> uh, yeah, well she has um she has Swedes in her blood and she's lived in Sweden oh, okay. so she has 
she has it. Um, so she has a different connection to that. So apparently Tom Haverford has found how the Donna. <laughs> oh, yes. The Donna, what, voted for David Duke? Voted for David Duke. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's sort of like, she's so flippant about it. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. He, oh, she donated money to his presidential campaign. <laughs> That's what it was. So he's, she goes, hi, I got a phone call. They said he would lower taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, hindsight from 2020 uh, oh, that is yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy to think about. But for a lot of people who did vote for fucking Trump, you know, they were just like, oh, he said he'd do things that I want to have done. So I voted for him. (laughs) Yeah, and they might as well have been voting for David Duke. I mean, they have similar ideologies. (laughs) Totally. What's your niece's name? Torpel. One of my favorite things that that Leslie says is she says, I I was dropping my niece off. uh, She's trying... (laughs) She says her niece's name is Torpel. <laughs> I had a note in my notes that just said that. And then when I was reviewing my notes in preparation, I was like, wait, what is that? And then I rewatched the episode. I was like just dying of laughter. And then we also get another major mainstay of Leslie's, which she nervously says she needs to go to the bathroom, but she calls it the Wiz Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Dan- Brian Danowitz breaks it to Jerry that that he's adopted. Oh. <laughs> that sucks. Oh my goodness. He looks traumatized. Oh, I love that we just like always consistently get these little nuggets about Jerry that just like build this complete picture of this man's <laughs> life. Like by the time we get to the last season and like, certainly that's a, that's a pretty big revelation <laughs> for him. Well, that's funny because a little birdie told me that your adoptive mother was arrested for marijuana possession. <laughs> what? You didn't know that, huh? I didn't know I was adopted. Oh, no. Oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. I'm so sorry. Really didn't want to play. Ron brings Tom into his office and drops the bombshell that I know your wedding is a sham. It's a green card marriage. So now, and this is uh, also, there's, you know, a few things that are, you know, that Aziz brought to the character. Like he says, you know, oh, that it's a green card marriage. He says, that's crazy. I was born in South Carolina. These colors don't run, baby. (laughs) Which is true to life for Aziz. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, this woman is from Canada. I had totally forgotten that, that Tom was married and it's an episode like this one that I'm just like, I'm so desperately wishing that we had Jean Ralphio at this point in the show. because <laughs> totally. I'm sure he'd have some antics about that. Okay. So since now Ron has some major dirt on Tom, Tom asks Mark Brandanowitz. <laughs> if he's got anything he can use. And he says, oh, well, maybe you can go. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> this is our final reveal, which is uh, there's a man named Duke Silver <laughs> who hangs out at a bar in Eagleton. He's an old friend of Ron's. Uh, so you should ask him. Uh, so we get to go to Cozy's and we get to see Duke Silver. Yes, this is all I want to talk about for the rest of my life. My God. <laughs> ladies, 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 it's just about that time. It's with the jazziest pleasure that I bring out for you, my man, Mr. Duke Silver. <laughs> Thank you, Dwayne. As always, it is a thrill to be here during this witching hour with you lovely ladies. Now relax and let the Duke Silver Trio take you on a little journey to yourself. One thing that I really love about Parks and Rec is this sort of mythos of 
of Pawnee and also Eagleton is that there's these like little pockets that we're not really meant to question the plausibility of like the fact that Ron reasonably has an alter ego without having been discovered like this whole time. And he's this like master saxophone player with this like huge following is so funny to me. Like it's hysterical. Yeah. And I love, yeah, it's just like, Put a hat on somebody and they're <laughs> unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah. Heidi, do you watch What We Do in the Shadows? Oh, yes. I love, I love it. that gag in season two where Laszlo, when he puts a toothpick in his mouth, he becomes unrecognizable right. <laughs> disguised as Jackie Daytona. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's another documentary style show, you know, yeah. it's, it's so much improv and so many great, there's some crossover too, you know, with like some folks sh- from the show show up on there. For oh, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Nick Kroll, I for was, one, yeah, that I, I can think of to, top yeah. of my head. <laughs> I'm trying to think of his name. Yeah, for some reason, if you all haven't been watching, definitely check out What We Do in the Shadows. It's so, so, so hilarious. Both the film and the, the TV show. I had if you only... like Parks and Rec, you'd absolutely love it. Oh, for sure. There's so much just like madcap, like goofy <laughs> energy. I I only just started watching the show like maybe a month ago. All of the episodes are on Hulu. And it's been a, a shining spot in these dark quarantine times. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so, Cozies, I love that name, too. That's mm-hmm. such a great name mm-hmm. for a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little neon sign on the brick wall. It's just, it's just perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, his uh, one thing I love about I mean, there's so many things to love about Duke Silver, but yeah, he is like a completely different person yeah. than Ron Ron Swanson. Yeah, and anybody that's familiar with Nick Offerman, I don't even know if he plays saxophone. I don't think he does, but he is a singer, and he is, uh, you know, well versed as being somebody that's on stage, uh, you know, doing comedy and performing musically so it it is like this is a natural place Uh for nick offerman to live you know Uh and be this sensual lady loving (laughs) yeah that's him guy yeah it's so funny because when we think about ron swanson of course we come to learn a lot about his personal life as the show goes on but like when you think about him it's like yeah what is he where does he go at night like what is he filling his time with besides you know, woodworking and outdoor activities. And so it's just, it's so funny to discover that he is actually this really talented musician and is like this sex symbol over in Eagleton. <laughs> I love every single thing that he says in here, you know, and he's just like, he's creating a mood within his set, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Here with you during this witching hour with you <laughs> lovely ladies. <laughs> Now relax and let the Duke Silver Trio take you on a little journey <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> As some big Dracula energy right there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then back to our regular scheduled plot. <laughs> Leslie has gotten completely wasted while doing her practice date and thinks it's an awesome idea to walk to Dave's house and and really kind of like come on to him, but just in a real sloppy goofball sort of way. <laughs> she even does a little peekaboo of like, this is what my bra looks like, you know, but tomorrow I'll be wearing the black bra. And she's, of course, even though it makes completely no sense at all, the documentary crew is in there and she's like, turning to them and giving them a little sloppy wink, you know, right into the camera. <laughs> She's again doing her terrible British accent. And Dave, Dave is the perfect gentleman. So yeah, Duke Silver, <laughs> Duke Silver ends his set saying, it's been a real gift making sonic love to you tonight. <laughs> I wonder how many like names they workshopped for that, you know, alter ego, but because Duke Silver is just pitch perfect. I cannot think of a better name for that alter ego. Absolutely. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's believable 
Yeah. But still kind of silly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. He's so, he's so the opposite of Ron because Ron is so like standoffish, doesn't really want to make friends. And, and this guy is like, you know, signing autographs. The women are surrounding him. And, and then it's revealed that Tom is there and checking him out. So they you know, basically make like a gentleman's agreement, right? That they'll, they'll keep each other's secrets. Which is really nice. I mean, I think it's cute that they have this secret that they're sharing. And I don't know, I feel like it endears us to Ron even more. I mean, especially the fact that like, he has this alter ego that enables him to express himself and maybe, you know, do some of the things that he doesn't feel like he can do in his like everyday persona. It's just like, it is really goofy and funny. But like, it's also really sweet. It's like, it says something really sweet about Ron. Yeah, totally. It's like, I think about Halloween, you know, dressing up for Halloween, where you can kind of play out mm-hmm. your alter egos or, you know, play in different roles. And mm-hmm. just the idea that he can do that like a couple nights a week or something is sounds really fun. I, like, love I would that love to do that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Let's start the Rana Silver Pants. <laughs> Rana Gold. <laughs> yeah, Rana Gold. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the next day, Leslie is back at the office. She's kind of filling Tom in on what happened. And then Dave comes in and uh, basically says, oh, last night was our like our first date. So tonight will be our second date and help, <laughs> helping along, making uh, making it even more comfortable for her to, to go out with. That's him. really sweet. Yeah, that he does that. And then I guess what do you call this? The cold outro. <laughs> uh-huh. that, that Dex Hart <laughs> is back on the television. Well, let's see what he has to say here. He says, however, I want to be clear. I have no plans to resign is, oh, oh, I have no plans to resign, which is like another thing that we've learned, (laughs) unfortunately, in politics so much is that it's just like, I can be a complete pig and it's fine. Right, right. No accountability. (laughs) But yeah, the best part is that we get this wonderful reveal that April is agitated that no one found any dirt on her because she's videotaped herself <laughs> oh yeah and she drove uh, she drove a riding lawnmower through a nordstrom so we get this awesome video of her like just destroying a nordstrom <laughs> like yanking down the racks and driving through very april very uh, april totally. so that that's it that's how this episode wraps up wow yeah, it was it packed a punch. It did. <laughs> yeah, they covered a lot of ground and like introduced a lot of firsts that were very fun to see. Totally. And I'd love to have you back on for future episodes. So are there certain storylines or um characters that you want to like come back for specifically that you can think of or Well, I live for Burt Macklin and Janet Snakehole. Um, mm. <laughs> I live for Jean Ralphio and Mona Lisa Saberstein. <laughs> so, you know, anything involving any of that, I'm game. But of course, I love the whole show. So I, you know, would be honored to come back for anything, really, Heidi. This was so fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this with me. We'll definitely have you on. I'm, I'm really hoping to make this series something where we get people revisiting. Uh, that's one of my favorite things I recognize with some of my favorite podcasts is that you kind of, you know, get reoccurring characters on the podcast, if you will. <laughs> You're <laughs> definitely one of my favorite characters. So thanks, thanks for uh, coming on. Yeah, thank you so much <laughs> for having me. Okay, everybody, I will let you know on social media how to Uh, you know, what episodes are coming up. And then we've got interviews and conversations with fabulous, vibrant visionaries coming up as well. Yeah. Where can people find you, Bridget? So I am on Twitter at Bridget Gelms, although I have to warn you all, that's a professional account. I'm actually a professor in my, we're talking about the Duke Silver Um, My Duke Silver alter ego is a podcaster. My day job is I'm a (laughs) professor. And so I typically only tweet about stuff related to that part of my (laughs) life. But in terms of my podcast, um, we are at Radaptations on Twitter. So that's Adaptations with an R at the beginning. 
And um, you can find us on iTunes or Podkicker or wherever you get your podcasts. Sounds good. And yeah, like I said, everybody check out Radaptations if you want something fun, funny, and educational. And um, all right, we'll see everybody next time. Ciao. It's been a real gift making Sonic love to you tonight. If you want more of the Duke, both my albums are for sale here, Smooth as Silver and Hi-Ho Duke. And look for my new CD next month, Memories of Now. So come see me, come talk to me, come love with me. And maybe we can walk through fire together. Thank you. Good night. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett and the Parks and Rec Rewatch. I look forward to having Bridget back for future episodes and check out show notes to go to all the links that we talk about her podcast, Radaptations. You can check out Vibrant Visionaries at vibrantvisionaries.com and to Patreon. I want to thank all my patrons. I really appreciate it. You help me do what it is I do. And I am seeking more patrons. <laughs> it's not easy to ask for money. You know what? It really isn't. But I love doing this podcast. It, it takes many, 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 many hours and tons of concentration. But it really makes it a lot easier to do uh, week by week, month by month, if I'm getting some financial assistance and support through Patreon. So check out the patron link and see if there's a level that works for you where you are financially. Hey, there's even a $1 a month level, which, you know, I figure most people can do. It's greatly appreciated. There's all sorts of great perks, including getting a shout out on the show. There's stickers, thank you cards. And if there's something else you're interested in as a patron, a current patron, or if you'd like to become a patron and there's something juicy you're looking for, let me know at coach at HeidiBennett.com. There's going to be another Parks and Rec rewatch coming up pretty soon. That's with Elaine Best. Elaine and I will be discussing season two, episode nine called The Camel. So go ahead and watch that, get ready for that upcoming episode, and other interviews with Vibrant Visionaries. Elaine actually was on episode 30 of Vibrant Visionaries. So if you'd like a little preview of Elaine and how hilarious and wonderful and insightful she is, check out episode 30. I would like to thank David Smith for expertly editing this podcast. There'll be a link to his website as well if you're looking for a podcast editor or cinematographer. All right. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now.